and convenience to Dan Duran will be top of uh, their list. With I'm changing. sure I'm not the only one that's made the mistake that didn't think that this weekend was the longest. You're, you're the first guy I've heard. Really? <laughs> that's right. Well, first guy but I've no, but you're, you're, you're the first person I've heard that has made that mistake thinking this coming weekend was a long weekend, but then wanted to go to the legislature with it. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind it being a week late because once the August long weekend hits, it's countdown to the end of the summer. Yeah. All right. And yeah, the yeah. next one is Labor Day. Labor Day. Sucking on it, sucking on it all night long. Uh, funny how often these things come up because I had had to look into uh, my calendar this morning to uh, see if I was available for something in the middle of August. And I thought, well, there you go. I've, mm. I now have an August plan or something on tap. And that's the basically it. After you've made plans in August, the next month you're making plans in would then be September. Um, speaking of on tap. And then you got to get your winter tires on. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> And Fred attaches an emotional thing to every single event. It's like it's optimism and greatness during spring, the spring thing, right. the May long weekend, and then. No, I don't mind so much anymore though, because I look forward to going away in the winter. So it's added a whole new perspective to my life. I see, because you and made I lo- plans. And I, lo- I love the fall right to win- uh, right up till Christmas, and I've I've said that many times on the show. Well, I've solved it too. I mean, I hate because I have said many times on the show that I can't. The worst month here for me has always been November. Really? Yeah, only because it's just. I'm, I guess I don't want to go over the reasons, but I have solved. Oh, Oh, let's list the reasons. One, <laughs> one, number one. It's the darkest, dreariest month in Toronto. So number so, two. No, let me skip over November for a second. December I like because it's it's getting close to the holidays. People are mm-hmm. in a nice holiday festive mood. Um, it tends to if it snows, it's kind of nice. Whereas November, uh-huh. whereas November is sort of the end of the golf season. You can't really do much. It's raining all the time and it's cold and shitty. Is that enough for you? Well, here's, uh, let me throw this at you, and then I want to get back to on tap. Um, you said on tap. No, and I, by, by the way, you didn't let me finish. I've solved November by going away this year in November. Okay. That's All what I'm I wanted to say. say is, last night I completed watching quarterback, and as I sat there and watched it, I thought, that's the one cool thing. I mean, the summer being over as the NFL season starts. Yes. And in November on those dreary days, you know, there's a game Monday night, there's a game Thursday night, there's games all day Sunday. So that's a little bit of a buffer, you know. I think there's also a new Saturday night game. We're not new. Yeah, well, I saw saw the ads for it during uh, golf on the weekend. I I think, again, I know because I'm not the NFL guy, you are, but I think they're starting a Saturday night game as well. I did. I didn't know that or see that. So, by the way, can we get back to quarterback later in the show or after we start the show? So, hunkering down. Yes. Put a nice. This I hunker down. I hunker. put a nice fire on. You I hunker. watch the NFL on my big screen television, and uh, that helps November go by. Okay. Look at the positive <clears throat> side. As Dan said, I'm very positive with these things. Oh, fucking what Dan said. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't exactly Dan, say you know, that. Dan's, Dan is grasping for something to say. He just blurted out, Fred is positive. <laughs> fucking Fred is positive. He said, hey. How's, how's, how's how, how, what? He spends a lot of time with me. He knows how <laughs> okay. upbeat I am. Yeah, I've only, spent, <laughs> I've only spent 34 years with you. I know how upbeat you are. Um, okay, we'll get back to on tap. But first, what's on tap is Dan Duran. 
This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped trailer facility in the Kawarthas with a canoe hanging from a tree, and from a porch in Stratford. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who won't talk about Trump on this show, except to explain that they won't talk about Trump and explain some things that one day they may talk about if they were talking about Trump. But since they're not, they're not talking about that thing that he just did. It's Humble and Fred. That's very funny. Yeah, yesterday we spent about 15 minutes not talking about Trump. Um... Did I tell you that my wife more or less told me she stopped listening to the show because we talked about Trump too much? Can you turn your mic up for me, please? Say that again. Your wife stopped listening to the show because of us talking about Trump? Well, she yes. she's part of a long list of people that stopped listening to the show because yeah. of that very reason. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, well, maybe we can win her back somehow. We don't. Yesterday, we did, it wasn't 15 minutes. It was like a few seconds of explaining why we weren't talking about Trump yesterday. Uh, but I want to get into it. So, um, yeah, November has always been because, again, you know, for me, October, some of the best golf uh, weather in this city are September, October. But it's a little bit of a drag because it, basically at the end of October, you can go play in November, but it's. It's just brutal, especially as you, I've gotten older. So this year, I'm going back to uh, Mexico for uh, basically most of November, early December. And by the time I get back in December, it'll be just perfect. It'll be it's Christmas time, the holidays, you know, how I love Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it'll be great. And by the way, check on that Saturday night thing, because I, I, did, I thought that was something they had been doing, but uh, I saw the ads for it. So you're going to be watching some NFL on Saturday night, too. Uh, yeah, I looked at the Bills' schedule. I don't think they play on a Saturday night, so they're not part of that. But And uh, what um, was the problem with On Tap? I said I've got something on tap. Oh, no, I was just going to say it made me think last week. Uh, my wife and I went out for dinner, a little place called the Copper Kettle. I think you've been there before in uh, Glen Williams. Uh, yes. Tucked, uh, next to Georgetown. Yeah, we've been there, right? Yeah, Didn't yes, we, have, we yeah. went there with Lumby. That was our Lumby lunch. Away, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. right and in, in, in right around the corner, right next to another very nice restaurant whose name I can't remember. And when I go, they have an interesting um, list of draft beers. And um, for the first time ever, I had a flight. You know what a flight is? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. It was yeah, it was interesting. It was uh, yeah four four. <laughs> <laughs> four, uh, I believe four five ounce or four six ounce glasses. So you pick from the list. You pick four of the beers, and they bring them in little cups in this uh, wooden thing that holds all four. And um, it was, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I really enjoyed it. A, a flight. It's one of those things I had seen at restaurants all the time, and. Thought ah, I don't know, and then regretted that I hadn't ordered one. And I thought tonight I am. And do you want to know what I had? And I had an IPA. Wait, wait I just want to get back to the fact that when you, when, when you <laughs> want to get, I want to get to the you, you regretted it. Like you like wrote into your yeah. diary, dear diary. I wish I had taken that. Wish I had taken those flights. No, it's one of those things. You know, you're in a restaurant and you order one thing. You, you're not sure what you want to order, so you yes. order you order something, and then the next table over. They bring what you were thinking of ordering, and it looks so good. 
I have that when I'm d- dining with almost anyone because I'm like, oh, I should have ordered that. What you're right. eating. When we were out together uh, months ago. Yeah. Yeah. D- we were all going to have something. And then Darren, at the last second, changed his order to some right. kind of fish at that fish restaurant. And I was like, I should have mm-hmm. had that because it looked amazing. Mm-hmm. You know how many times he said that to me over the years? Darren looked at what I ordered and thought, oh, I probably should have ordered that. Um by the way, the other place in uh, Glen Williams I was thinking of is, and I think we went there as well, you and I and Dahl and uh, XGFR, was the Glen Tavern. Yes. Which yes. is right around the corner from the Copper Kettle in Glen Williams. Nice, yes. Um, so, Dan, what I'm, what I'm just hanging on a second. What I'm hearing from Fred here is a little bit of that, little bit of that whooshy-whooshy uh, sound. And I, I don't know if it's because it's not loud enough or... No, no, it's had something to do with the microphone and the phantom power. But that's not the mic you use at home, is it? Frederick? Uh, No. Yeah, I I can tell. Only because the attack's a little bit different. It's fine. I mean, now it's fine. Uh, And it's not so bad as disrupting. I can tell you. It's just starting to hear it a little bit. That's all. Oh, okay. Weird, because uh, when it was just you and I asked you, if you could hear it, and I, this yeah, has happened since Dan signed on, no, well, which you, affects affects my mic somehow. Interesting. Okay, <laughs> probably not though. It's probably yeah, it's probably just a... warmed up and the phantom power or whatever. Phantom I would power. recommend if it gets too bad, then unplug the microphone. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do and that and plug it back in again. So, uh, uh, so anyway, you had the uh, flights. Right. You had a logger. You had an IPA. No. Yeah, yeah, and I had uh, a couple others, but I, I'm. It was. To answer your question and to wrap this up, it's one of those things, too, where I think of getting a flight, (laughs) and then I end up just getting, you you know, and then I see flights going to other tables, and I think, oh, I don't, you know, just once and for all, get yourself a flight. So I did. You know what, Hold on a second. Dan, Dan, I don't know, on behalf of Dan and I. I never want this to wrap up. I just want this to... (laughs) I want this just to go on. It's it's very interesting, very curious, very funny. When you have a flight, do you taste one, taste the other, go back to the first one, or do you drink the whole thing and go to the next whole thing? Is there a palate cleanser? Do you have to take, like, lemon juice in between? Uh, (laughs) Fuck me. No, what I did is... uh, yeah. What I tell yeah, me, I drank them one at a time, and then in between, I just waited a couple of minutes and mm. had a little taste of my salad. Did, did you write down any uh, notes? No. Uh, did you comment to Doll? Yeah, I said these are good. How? Did, by the way, speaking of Doll, how did that come up in conversation? Oh, by the way, Fred, I don't listen to you guys anymore because of all the Trump talk. Um. I don't know. We were just having a conversation, and uh, it may have had. Some, uh, I, you know what? I, I I can't put my finger on that. Other than it came up, and uh, maybe because I was, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it just came up there. Well, uh, you know, maybe when because I'm up there next I, week, I, I'll I, try and win her back and tell her that it's not as bad as you think it is. And I think because here's the deal. Um, I think it's because when we talk about Trump, we sound agitated, mm. and it makes her uncomfortable. <laughs> and I think that makes her feel uncomfortable. Oh, poor sweet, poor oh, sweet Dolly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, I was just sitting here, and through the window here, I looked down, and there was Johnny Slapshot looking at his papa doing the show, walking Dougie. There you go. 
What a way to start your day. He was just looking. Maybe at you should get him in and uh, you can tell him about, you know, flights and, <laughs> and all the, the different IPAs. So we go on a grandpa grandson boat ride last night. Nice. And I'm whipping along wearing my Wrexham hat and the wind caught it and flew off my head into the lake. Oh, come on. Yes. You've lost it. No, I stopped the boat and I said to John, I have to find that. I have to find that hat. And he goes, why, Papa, why? And I said, well, I want the hat number one. Howard bought it for me and I got to get that hat. So we circled around and he saw it floating in the lake. Good boy. In the distance. And I whipped up and grabbed it. Because, you know. It was that close because I'm thinking, oh, my God. Then what am I going to have to order one and no, the no, same I, color and pretend it never happened? I would just get, you know what? I would just give <laughs> you mine. Because you know why? I have a flight of them. <laughs> no, I would. I couldn't. I would just order another blue. It was like my friend once who was looking after a guinea pig for somebody, and he put it out on his balcony without thinking, and it ran off and splatted on the ground below. Yeah. So rather than tell them, he was searching all these pet stores for a gerbil that looked exactly like the one that died. That type of thing. That sounds like a sitcom premise well, to Well, it's me. true. Uh, it was Daniel, my buddy Kevin. Mm-hmm. Dan, we've had flights together. I know you and I, when we were, you know, I was drinking and uh, out in your fancy bars. I'm sure we've done that. I know I have. I, I've had uh, had that on several occasions. But have you? Yeah. Are you a, uh, because you're a connoisseur of funky beer? I have had flights. And uh, I, I don't do it the way Fred does it. I like to taste one and then the other and sort of do the comparison. Yeah, I'm shopping. Up there. It's been a while, though. You know what we should do, Howard, next time we get together is have a flight of the non-alcoholic beer. I was just saying, we should do, do that. that. Is, there, do is that. there such a thing? Is there such a thing? Well, you, here's what you would do. You'd get four non-alcoholic beers and then you'd pour them in glasses on your own. Oh, okay. On your own, because I very few bars would have no, four different non- no, non-alcoholic no. beers. Most have uh, a couple at, at best. Yeah. I I still, uh, this summer, I've been drinking a lot of that Erdinger, but it is a bit, it's a bit much because at my place, they just sell them in these giant, these giant bottles of them. So it's a little, I, I, I I'm, listen, about three quarters of the way through any non-alcoholic beer, I'm... I'm pretty much done. I mean, I, I find myself here with my uh, Klaus Towlers. I, I get three quarters of the way through the glass, and I'm kind of, okay, I've had enough of it. Okay. But uh, I do like this. I know if you guys, have, uh, you've ever had it or I've, I've told you about it. It's called a red eye. It's a Saskatchewan thing. But I have that usually mm-hmm. as my first drink after golf, which is basically Clamato juice and beer. And if you've never had it, I know it sounds disgusting, but it's one of those things I grew up around you know the older men drinking it and i've drinking it and i love it um well my dad used of course do it with uh tomato juice oh tomato juice really yeah before well yeah but because uh back in those days i don't even think clamato juice was a thing was it i I thought guys of your father's uh, and my father's Mm -hmm. generation Mm-hmm. Used to salt. We've talked about this. They salt. Oh, the, yeah. They salt their beer. They salt the head of it because of the draft. But and mm-hmm. and Bill still does it. Our buddy Bill mm-hmm. still puts salt in his beer. Yeah, crazy. It is crazy. Anyway, so that's one of the things I do like in the summertime is a uh, beer in Clamato. Clamato was invented in Calgary, I believe. Is that true, or is, is that the Caesar that was invented in Calgary? Well. It, it requires Clamato juice. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, like yeah. I thought, I thought the legend was the Caesar. I, I, I didn't know that they had invented the juice itself. I just thought they had put together the the juice with the vodka and invented no, the was, drink. It was it was he, they did the whole thing there. Yeah. What's that? I, Tell I, me I, that. I can't remember the place. It's uh, maybe it's the Western or something. They have a plaque in the lot or in the bar or something wherever it is. 
don't you know, know this uh, clamato juice thing you know it was so hard to get in the united states it was a canadian thing yes and i've noticed more and more especially in florida they have a lot of they you it's available now and i was wondering if that was a snowbird thing. absolutely yeah um and on that point talk about marketing and selling i'm reading a story over the weekend this guy from virginia has a son who's blind and almost completely deaf or vice versa and they got in a little jeep that only does 70k an hour because the kid who suffers from these problems loves the feel of the jeep and it gives him freedom in his mind and just loves it so his dad drove him to niagara falls canada to get ketchup potato chips yeah i saw that story 40 bags of it yeah just a sweet story and yep. you know it's a you know the the, the chips were, were sort of besides the point he 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 thinks of places they can go in this jeep because it's so th- soothing to his kid hmm. but anyway the, Wait a second, the jeep like, only oh. go the jeep only goes 70 kilometers an hour or 70 no 70k an hour or something and he has to go in on uh, like how yeah. can he go 70k on like th- the highways of the states I, they take all the back roads did you it was in the article okay yeah. no i just, like actually it's t- funny i didn't see that part of the article i just saw uh some guy drove up here to get 40 bags of ketchup chips yeah so uh, like a 10 a 10 hour drive um, from, from where they are in Virginia to Niagara Falls turned into like three days. Yeah, yeah. He, he gets all the routes. Anyway, again, because it's soothing for the kid. But anyway, I often hear this about the flavors of potato chips we have that are not available in the United States. Mm-hmm. Ketchup being at the top of the list for years and years and years, you would think, why wouldn't somebody in the States latch onto that? Well, like, why, why is that still a, a thing if they're so popular to Americans, because they are, um, still not available? I remember back in the, whenever it was, early 70s, the uh, salt and vinegar revolution. You know, uh, and I was never really a big ketchup chip guy. Although I, you know, same I, here. I, they were okay, but salt and vinegar was the one that I was like, wow, they've really upped the chip game. And of course, in Western Canada, what are those ridged ruffle? Ch- what are the chips, Dan? That are sort of they, they? They're out here now. Are they old Dutch? I can't remember. Whatever. Yeah, the old, oh yeah, it was an old, old Dutch. Was really yeah. The ripple chip was the ripple. Chip, that's it. The ripple mm-hmm. chip was a Western Canadian thing. For a long mm-hmm. time, and they the, the the great thing about the ripple trip was with the the uh, was it sour cream and onion the dip yeah oh yeah that it, it they, got, also it, came, got, they came out with a chip that was sour cream and onion and well yes but for yes they yeah. did very good the flavor that flavor was excellent but it was the rip the ripple chip gave you more surface area for the dipping that was the point well that's it and the ridges is to grab the dip I mean that's why they were developed imagine how much. <laughs> Imagine how much dip Dan's Ridge can uh, take. <laughs> you see, you see, Maybe this, yeah. maybe this is why Doll doesn't listen. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Although, back to the the reason there's ketchup chips because people used to dip them in ketchup. And I remember as a kid, my dad would pour vinegar on his chips as well like actually get the vinegar and pour them on plain chips because when we were kids you know there was plain chips and barbecue i think and and the first one beyond plain and barbecue was uh the salt and vinegar yeah and i remember and dad's right though i after i don't know if it was before or after but i remember when sour cream and onion was another breakthrough in the chip world yeah. And then they started getting uh, a little bit like then now I've seen that you can get pizza flavored and oh I know 
It's a bit much. It's a bit much. They test drove in Brampton a few years ago, and I think I remember telling you about this curry-flavored chips. Oh, yeah. But they didn't last. They weren't bad, but it didn't fool the South Asian population in Brampton. It um, didn't go, I didn't bring, go well. I want to bring up to attention. We, it's a little update from yesterday. It's actually a new story, and a little just uh, yesterday we were struggling to find this song. And uh, what will tie into this song is, uh, again... Not going into a full-on forecast weather bit, which, you know, occasionally you're into. Sometimes you're not. I can never tell. But, you know, we were talking about those floods in Nova Scotia and, you know, people who are climate deniers. Mm-hmm. Ralph uh, Ben Murray will be here. It'll be interesting to get his take on, you know, you know and, and I'm going to save this for Ralph, but you brought it up yesterday. We've asked this question before. I, I have as well. Of what, what is to be gained by denying that the climate is changing. So we'll leave that for Ralph. But there's no denying it. This uh, flood in, they're calling it a once in a, what do they call it here? A once in a uh, generation. Uh, hundred rain, year, yeah. 500 year. Yeah. Rainstorm shatters record. They call it a one in a 100 year event. Yeah, but see, anti-climate uh, yeah, people would say they, it happened 100 years ago. They latch on to that stuff. Right. right. Mm-hmm. The people were lo- like, literally, there's some pictures that are just insane. Like one person's already shown up dead. There are three people missing. Human remains have been found. There's like, it flooded so quickly that the cars were, people were stuck in their cars. It's quite something. Anyway, here in uh, southern Ontario, where we've had fire, smoke, and all that other stuff, for the next three days, starting today, Today, the temperature uh, is irrelevant because it's going to feel like 34. Tomorrow, it's going to feel like 37. Thursday, 39. And Dan, the forecast man, on Friday, it will feel like 42 degrees around here. Oh, wow. Now, I've been living in this uh, part of the uh, world for half my life now. So have you, Dan Durant. Mm -hmm. I don't recall. You get the occasional feels like mid-30s. I just don't recall a lot of feels like 42s. Gentlemen, no, off the top. But again, you know, this sort of plays into the hands of the climate change deniers because when you talk about specific times or periods, they'll always go back to the history books. What bothers me about them is generally it's obvious the world is in a bit of a crisis, but they generally they sure want to deny that um but for you know probably howard i don't know you know what i mean we could probably go back and yeah it felt like 40 a few years ago or something for, i know for I can't sure remember off the top of my head but but not as much i i don't recall mm-hmm. that this many summers now it's been and dan what was that stat you had yesterday what was that thing about the climate clock is now yeah, or six 1. years. 2, uh, the, the planet uh, is warm to one one point two over uh, since the industrial revolution. When we get to one point five, that's the big. Uh, and they're actually, climate scientists are saying it's going to be happening. It's happening faster. A lot of the uh, ice caps and all that is melting. It's ha- happening faster than they originally predicted. All of this stuff, but they're saying that we don't pull carbon out of the air. We're doomed. <laughs> in, uh, well, in six yeah. years, and that just especially in the United States just it's such a display of the polarization where you're so entrenched on your side that 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 
you know, you want to take a side on that one? I mean, no, exactly. Well, and I was going to say, yeah. why don't we say yeah. let's save that main discussion for Ralph. So yesterday, I was struggling at the end of the show to try and find this song or f- remember the name of it. And I should have gone to Facebook right away because, of course... This was what uh, you. <laughs> Fuck you remember this song When mm-hmm. he starts screaming At the beginning of it I am the god of hellfire And I bring you Fire Great song Great song <laughs> Absolutely a great song I just love it How he starts Arthur Brown is the artist I don't know who else I was trying to think of yesterday But uh, it was this song uh, before we move on from weather, we had an incident here at the park yesterday. We were it started to rain, uh, and then it got beautiful, gorgeous, mm-hmm. and then it started to rain again, and then all of a sudden, lightning and a crack of thunder like I've never heard before just behind us here. I'll tell you, it shook the trailer. Wow. Boom! And then there's the guy here, Papa Doug, uh, up a couple of trailers, beloved Papa Doug, and... He spends the summers here watching television most of the time, and he called me up, and he said, I can't turn my TV on. Anyway, that he's got a satellite dish up on the hill. He took out his satellite wow. his TV, took out his his uh, satellite box, just fried everything. That happened to you a few years ago, didn't it? It's happened to me twice here. So I'll tell you what, it's a good thing it didn't hit the hobo trailer. That thing would have gone up in smoke. Oh, Tinderbox, Tinderbox. That yeah, thing's ready no, to go. No, there's no satellite connected to that little thing. No, I'm saying, yeah, like, uh, if engine. the lightning had sh- had hit the trailer, it no, would be the end of it. A, it happened to me twice because I was hooked up to a satellite, so it hits the dish up on the hill and comes right down the uh, coaxial and fries your uh, your equipment. Well, that's a drag. Yeah, so that's uh, poor Papa Doug. Is really <laughs> surge protector. You need a surge protector for that kind of um, bon A good check. one. Danny Bonchek was saying... What happened yesterday? That wouldn't even help. It would have just. It wouldn't be. So uh, he says. Yeah. Not enough jewels. Dan, yeah. do you uh, feel uh, emotionally uh, invested enough in this program to uh, come back and do the news later, or do you have no, to uh, sure. tile? Sure. I have lots to do, but because I love the show so much. The show, lo- by the way, the show loves you. Does it? Uh, the show loves you. What do you mean? Does it? Jesus Christ. Do Germans not have personality? Here's the thing. Do Germans not have therapists? You really should go. There's so much. It's so convenient and so easy. Um, All right. Well, then, that's great news for all of us. Dan Duran is going to be joining us for uh, the Dan Duran fake news or whatever it is, uh, Dan Duran's TV news. But first, uh, I'd like to uh, take a second here. You you just take a break. I'll just uh, acknowledge our good friends at Aaron Ventures. We talked about them yesterday because, well, they support this program. It's the world of boron. And not to bore you, but I got to tell you, boron is ubiquitous. It's everywhere and everything. You will not believe it. And as I've mentioned, AaronVentures.com, only a few places on Earth that are making boron commercially available. And you might want to explore this exploration company, you or your Sherpa. Make it uh, part of your portfolio. At least give it a look. Their objective is to increase their mineral reserves. And they are developing properties uh, not only in uh, Serbia, but also around the world. And additional mining projects are on tap. AaronVentures.com Hey, the Chambers Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chamberplan.ca is the destination if you want to do some homework and check out what it's all about. Yeah, your small business can have a benefits package. Chamberplan.ca. Get a free quote today. Dental and uh, 
you know, prescriptions and certain kinds of therapy. Uh, they've introduced a mental health aspect to this, which is fantastic. Um, an HR component as well. It's all there. Get down. Listen, I couldn't list all the things available uh, through the chamber plan. Things that you can provide for your small business and in your and your employees. I mean, seriously, it's a great reward. A lot of small companies uh, don't have benefit packages when, in fact, they could if they just took the time to go to chamberplan.ca. Okay, well, I, I was originally going to have uh, tell you this story. I have two stories from yesterday. Uh, one I'm going to save for when Dan gets back because I met a gentleman yesterday who loves his job, loves his work. And you know what his work is? Pest control. So I'm going to say, yes. It was quite something to meet somebody that's kind of like, you know, uh, probably in our, he's a gentleman in our age group, maybe a little older than us. You but, had to get the cockroaches out of your place before Juliet came? Yes. <laughs> um, I did. I did. I got rid of all of them, especially the little Mexican ones. Um, <laughs> oh, those are jumping beans. Oh, that's right. Um, but that aside, funny man, uh, I want to say that because uh, it was it was something that, it was something right that I you don't re- you rarely see somebody in a service situation that loves their job. I'm going to tell okay. you about that guy later because it was very impressive. Wow! But to begin with, I'd like to tell you about a gentleman I met yesterday. I uh, had occasion to go to the bank for really only the second time in a, quite a long time, but I've, I've had to go there. I was trying to send a, uh, something to the States, and anyway, it doesn't matter why I was in the bank, right? But I'm standing no. in line. It doesn't. Go ahead, no. finish what you're doing, because I'm going to tell you this story. No, no, I'm just, I'm just getting... It's fine. Go okay. ahead. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing in line at the bank, and there's three or four of us, and there's people at the tellers, and... There's a gentleman, I'd say late 40s, early 50s, yell talking into his phone. Oh. Yell talking mm. at, a, at a, when I say yell, I'm not exaggerating. It's just extremely loud person. Mm-hmm. And it's a full on one sided conversation. And it's not like, you know, again, let me just pause for a second. We all have a certain level of self-consciousness and that meaning a consciousness of self. And at first, when he started talking, I thought, oh, well, he's just wrapping up a conversation. It's, a, it's rude, but he's probably just wrapping it up because all of us would do that. But Fred, I'm going to tell you, I waited in line. It had to be on, on at least five or six minutes. It was quite busy. I went in the middle of the afternoon. And for the entire time I waited there, he was yell talking a one-sided conversation. And it was very personal. It wasn't like... When I say personal, it was like we're, the, the, other, the person on the other side of the conversation had lost their job and he was talking them through it. And it was go, he was going back and forth uh, between languages because one of his languages was English and his other language was some other language. I'm going to get to a point here in a second. So first thing is it was incredibly rude and I hadn't been in that situation before and I really didn't know what to do. I started looking around, of course, in my passive aggressive way. I started looking around to the other people in line. There's an older woman and a younger woman and we're all just kind of sort of making eye contact doing that kind of like, you know, what are you going to do? Because we're Canadians. What are you going to do? Because we're not going to do anything. And uh, that would be enough of a story. I could share that with you and go, oh, isn't that rude? And aren't people who do that out loud? Blah, blah, blah. Right. But the reason I um, 
Because I was going through my mind, like, should I say something? Should somebody say something? Does this guy not know? This is kind of the rules of engagement in public discourse. But yeah. here's the problem. Hmm. And I want to say this. Uh, I don't even. I, I was very. I wrote it down. So I'm. Um, he was a person uh, of, a, of a minority. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that because part of what went through my head is if I say something, number one, I don't want to start a kerfuffle. He was mm-hmm. younger than me. Could I have taken him? Maybe. But, uh, you know, because I have rage on my side. Mm-hmm. But part of what part of what part of my reticence to say anything was if I say something, will it be seen as. Somewhat, what could it get be seen as something racial? Because he was speaking in a different language. Uh, I don't even know the language, but it doesn't matter. Visible minority? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, probably, if I had to guess, if I'm, you know, not to profile, but might have come from Brampton. All right. So I bring it up because I thought. But a minority in Brampton's a white guy. No, I know. I know. I know you're being hilarious. But, you know, do you understand my point? Like, I, I was. Yeah. Not only did I not want to say something because I'm like, oh, all I need is now I get to get into a yelling match with some man at the bank. Because it, was, like, it wasn't 30 seconds. It was me, and, and it could have been 10 minutes, but it was a long mm-hmm. fucking time. But part of me was reticent because here I am, little, you know, white Howard, you know, even though I am a minority. But, uh, you know, not <laughs> visible. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that at you. Like, there, because there was a part of me worried about some racial tension that could have developed because there was some tension already with his display. Everyone was a little bit tense. So what do you think of that there, Mr. Oh, I, I, I get it. I get it. That's, uh, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, the race card is used quite a bit now in our society. And, um, who knows what can you have to worry now about what your actions can lead to. Um, so I totally get it. I mean, I had a similar thing a couple of weeks ago, and um, same thing went through my mind. I feel like saying to this guy right now, like, who do you think you are? And then I thought, well, what's the use? Because who knows what's going to come back at me? So I just carried on. But yeah, it's uh, it was I didn't know I was kind of going through the things that I could say that weren't aggressive. Uh, but it's pretty hard because once the conversation went on minute by minute by minute, and it just never, uh-huh. like, I thought to myself, again, back to self-awareness and self-consciousness, mm-hmm. does he not see where he is? Like, part of me thought, okay, maybe I, what I should say is, hey, sir, um, maybe you want to have this very personal conversation away from the line. Right. Because, like, I, and forget the fact that he was yelled talking. Mm-hmm. But it was the nature of the conversation that was so personal. And he was yeah. switching back and forth between English and whatever language. I, I you know I was funny because I thought, well, maybe he's switching to his own language to keep some of the details of this conversation private. But we all right. still heard him yelling. Right. Anyway, I just sort of it was one of those things. And I thought was when I kept saying to myself, I, you know, if you say something, are people going to see you as sort of bullying somebody? I don't know. I don't know. I don't no, know. I, I, I get it. My situation in front of the Canadian Tire, it's two lines there in Brampton, and there's a hot dog stand, right? Right out in front. Yeah, I love those hot I'm dogs. Behind, I'm behind this guy, and he, he pulls up in front of the hot dog stand and just parks his truck because he wanted a hot dog. So now it's one lane, and people have to go around him. Mm-hmm. All he had to do was go f- 
30 feet and get a parking spot and walk across. And Delise was with me. She couldn't believe it either. And I said, there's an example of a guy. The only guy that matters to that guy is him. Mm-hmm. And he just parked the car and got out, got out and slammed the door and stood by the, by the hot dog thing and fuck everybody else. Same thing, Howard. I looked at him. And again, this was in Brampton. And I thought, I can't. Because honestly, if it had been a guy that looked like me, I may have rolled down my window and said, hey, buddy, come on. Give us a break. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. But because it wasn't. I just sort of bit my tongue and waited my turn and went around the guy's truck. Hey, that's where we're at. Well, that was part of it for me. I, th- I thought about it later. I thought if that guy had been of my ilk, uh, yes. would I have said something? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same thing when people have really, really loud music in their vehicles. Like I'm here on the Queensway. I hear it all the time. Right. I always think... You're basically saying to the world, you know, fuck everybody else. Mm-hmm. This is this is me and my music. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about, where it's like so loud that it's shaking the car. Right. I always think, you know, does that is there no I mean, part of it, I'm, I'm not saying I admire it, but part of it, I'm sort of like, wow, you you just don't give a shit at all. I mean, in, in, in a way, it's almost uh, not admirable, but I, I'm I'm it's curious to me how you could be. So like I don't care, I don't care everyone's going to hear this because to me I couldn't have it that loud do you know what I mean same in that conversation yesterday at the bank I w- if I were talking to you and it was an important call and then mm-hmm. if it was so important I, I had to keep talking to you I wouldn't get in line but if for some reason you called me while I was in line my first thought would be hey I can't talk right now I'm in line at the bank can I call you after about this very personal matter yeah no I get it <laughs> I get it. Uh, listen, same thing with the cars and the windows down and the pounding music and the subwoofers in the back. So, like, again, that's what I'm talking way, about. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes the way mind 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 my mind works. Sometimes I think is that a baiting thing? Are they are they hoping you'll ask them to turn that down? You know, and will a and again will a confrontation ensue because it's just so horrifically selfish. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the word I was looking for. It's selfish. Oh, it is. But but do you understand when I say like I not that I'm fascinated by it. Maybe that's better. I don't admire it, but it's fascinating that you yes. could do that and just not care. No. Well, yeah. The guy you talked about, the guy I talked about, the music thing. I I, I know I don't I don't understand, but you know, because sometimes I'll be talking on the phone and Delise will say, oh, you know, quiet down. Like, you know, I talk yeah, me on too. the phone for yeah, whatever reason, too. But again, not in a bank in line. I, I'm not even sure I would have a, a phone call in line at the bank. I would say I'll call you back or. Well, that's what I said. If you, you know? called yeah. me, you said, hey, we need yeah. to discuss yeah. something. And I'd like say you. I would say, OK, I'm yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. call you back after I'm done this thing. So I don't inconvenience all these people around me. Yeah. When I say this conversation, not only mm-hmm. was it loud, it was personal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say for a second, I think he was ta- I might. I thought, was he talking to one of his kids? Because it was like mm-hmm. he was talking to him about losing his job. And this is what's going to. And it was very it wasn't a quiet. First of all, it was he because he was yelling, but it was a very intense conversation. And then when it was over, like, you know, I didn't know what to do. And then he finally got off the phone while I was actually at the teller doing this business. And I sort of looked over at him. And again, I kind of wanted to say something, but I couldn't think of anything that was going to not be shitty, passive aggressive and seen as, I don't know, fuck. 
by that time, I was just happy he'd shut his face. And honestly, let's let's be clear. It's you don't know. You know, I don't even say I want to sound like an old guy 10, 20, 30 years ago, whatever. You know, pretty much the extent of that com- that comp- that confrontation. Oh yeah, it would have been a bit of a pissing match and yelling at each other. Now you just do not know. You don't. You don't. Well, I could tell you a an earlier version of myself definitely would have said maybe something. But but now mm-hmm. at this stage of life, you know, maybe again, mm-hmm. I would have not have been so sensitive to the color difference in us. Right. And uh, but yeah, it was just something else. Here comes Ralph Ben Murgy. He's a uh, look at that sweet man. Oof. Fucking Ralph Ben Murgy. Let me just get some Ralph Ben Murgy music here. As we uh, embark on another spiritual journey. Raising our consciousness one visit as a t- at a time. It's almost like a uh, humble and Fred palate cleanser when we have Rabbi Ralph on. You know, like yeah, oh, he's letting the hair grow along. Too, oh, he's, right? he's, he's, f- yeah. he's very, very nice. He's a very handsome fellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many years, Ralph Ben Murgy uh, ruled this land, <laughs> and uh, television, radio. And uh, for the last uh, period of his life, he's turned inward and has helped people, counseling. I don't have anything in front of me. This is all coming off the top of my head. Mike, Toronto Mike is no longer even offering us show notes about you because what can be said? He's the uh, leader of the uh, band, uh, Not That Kind of Rabbi. His uh, book is called uh, I'm Not Dead, I think. is what I it was thought called. he was dead. I thought he was dead. It's close. Please welcome yeah. back to our program, yeah, Ralph, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ralph Emerson Ben Murgis. <laughs> would, it, um, <laughs> would it be fair to say yeah. he's can- he's like Canada's John Stewart? You know, I would funny, I would say that. He's sure, a comic. He's intelligent, aware. Huh? That's crazy. High. And of course, right away, I just fun. watched two things with John Stewart last night. I watched a thing with him doing um, a duking it out with Bill O'Reilly when he was still on Fox. Yeah, I've seen right. that. And another thing with him was Fareed uh, on uh, GPS, I think is the name of his show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, it may, there were years ago I was in Sedona with my wife and we had all this American TV, Bill Maher, Dennis Miller, John Stewart, all these comedians who had now become journalists, basically, the people talking about the issues of the day without the filter of having to appear conservative and credible and wearing the nice suits and all that. And I just thought, isn't this interesting? The court jesters have finally arrived because the point of the jester was to poke at the at power and say and show how silly it can be and how dangerous it can be. Hey, uh, since you mentioned that, because you've always been part journalist, part comedian, part uh, raconteur, do you think that, and and we've talked about your television show, but do you think that maybe if that had been sort of uh, in vogue at the time, like, do you look at that as maybe a show that would have suited you, that type of show? You know, it's interesting because uh, Moses Neimer, around the same time, was trying to get a... Comedy Central kind of station, and he he and I never really got along very well. But he 
asked me, you know, if I gave you a, a primetime, you know, news parody slot, would you take it? And I said, yeah, sure, that'd be great. And then it, it didn't happen. I remember I, I was driving on Front Street and I stopped at a stoplight uh, near John and he came up beside me in his car and he looked at me and he went, well, at least we tried. <laughs> you know, and then off he went and off I went and uh, never the twain shall meet, I think. Um, you mentioned um, Bill O'Reilly and I've watched those. They actually went on tour. Him and John Stewart and Bill. Oh, he really O'Reilly. likes him. You can tell he really likes. Well, him. and you know what? I always and, and I don't like Bill O'Reilly, especially now. He's just a tired old cranky dickhead. But um, I always so admire. I know. I know. I know. Look in the yeah, mirror. I was gonna say, Fred. Look, what, look in the mirror. What, what's, what's our point? <laughs> I always admired that because he actually put himself in that position. A guy like Sean Hannity or some of these other guys, they would. Do you think Sean Hannity would sit with John Stewart no, and let John Stewart go at him? He would. He wouldn't. He would never put himself in that position because John Stewart would make him look like the fool he is and i mean sean hannity and there's a whole host of them like on fox they wouldn't have the guts to do that well yeah hannity and carlson and all those guys mm-hmm. you know i mean it was interesting when that lawsuit was coming around for fox the one that they ended up settling for instead of going to court because they knew how damaging it would be to the brand you had this thing of all these people in private texts admitting that they don't mm-hmm. believe in anything they're saying. Yeah. But, you know, it's like being a stand-up and having an act that you can't stand your own act, but you know it's killing. Yeah. So you can't <laughs> give it up, right? right. Yeah. And that's what these guys do. They just they foment. It, you know, I, I spent three nights on CFRB once just to see. I've never been in private radio. I thought maybe I could do phoning. Maybe there's like, because I did it on CBC and it was really interesting. Lots sure. of interesting people were calling. And I spent the whole first night. Remember when they said that people with turbans should take their turbans off to go into uh, 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 Legion halls? Okay. Right. This was a thing. So I spent the whole night saying it's not a hat. To as many people as I could, because they should take their hat off when they go inside. Yeah, yeah. It's not a hat. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, no, the, if I say something provocative, the phone's like, yeah. if I just seem reasonable, and I thought, my God, you'd have to want to have an argument that you don't believe in every right. night just to keep your ratings up. I, I mean, but, but that's sort of the bane of... Well, looking back, we we were pretty lucky because we didn't have as many reins on us maybe as some private broadcasters. But one of the reasons, and I'll speak for him because I know that we're of the same mind. One of the reasons we often talk about how much more enjoyable doing this version of our show for the last 12 years versus the original version, which was fine, you know, uh, is because we don't have, there's no, we, we, because we can actually talk about what we want to talk about sometimes, by the way, to the, to the detriment of our actual audience, including his wife who no longer listens to us. But, (laughs) but, but my point is we just decided at this point in our lives that what we want to talk about is more important to us than maybe channeling some other version of ourselves. Because whenever I run to people, Ralph, that have never heard us do this, I say, listen, when you hear us, it's not like the old, 
you know, wacky, dacky, fucking humble and Fred show from the 90s. I said, it's it's a little bit different, including the fact that we say fuck all the time. So what do you think of that? I think that when we were younger, what mattered to us was, can we really do this? Can we make it? And we got all caught up in, oh, my God, we can do this. We can make it. Look, at people are talking about us. They're looking at us. There's ads about us. This is great. Yeah. And then that wears off, you know, hopefully that wears off. And then you're left with, well, now that I have your attention, what is it I want to say? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot different than, can I get your attention? Oh, my God, I can get your attention. So it's a different phase, right? Listen, w- I always say that to, to comics and to, and to uh, I did a broadcasting workshop once. Uh, Paul McLaughlin asked me to come into CBC to do a, a half an, a, an afternoon with these broadcasters who were all on the air at the time. And I said, look, the bad news is what you're doing is not something that mentally healthy people want to do. Which is <laughs> ask people to love them who yes. they've never even met. Okay, so that's that's the bad news. The good news is you actually have the skill set to actually get them to love you, even though you've never met them. Now, here's the question. Now that I have your attention, what is it I want to say? Right. Without that, you're just caught in the, oh, my God, look at our ratings, you know, and, and yet you're not feeling like you still walk around on the sidewalk taking your dog for a walk thinking, but there's this stuff I care about and I want to talk about, and I'm just not doing it. I'm doing a zoo. When you know? when Fred and I were uh, still with a Standard, uh, they were carrying our podcast, and we would pop in and talk to you know John Tory and John Moore. We went, we filled in a couple times. In fact, uh, the last time they asked us to do it, we did two weeks of the afternoon talk thing there at News Talk 1010, and. You know, we'd already been doing this for a while, so we had a vibe about us. And he and I decided that we couldn't do that. We couldn't do what they wanted us to do because we just knew we knew it was wrong. We knew it was wrong for us. But more importantly, I think, Freddie, we knew it was wrong. We think we thought we could actually get listeners by doing what we thought was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, weird because they'd come in with a list of the producer would come in with a list of subjects and we'd put ourselves in the position now if i was listening to news talk 10 10 this afternoon do i would i really want to hear about that yeah and then we would introduce some of um our ideas sort of based on not so much pop culture but real life and real situations and it was shot down um repeatedly and it became very very frustrating but we 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 even know even now like 640 in toronto and news talk 1010 very rarely do they get away from the so-called issues the bike lanes the uh, you know the mill rate and they don't talk about real life stuff for whatever reason they don't go there no like it was interesting because cbc radio has devolved into this as well mm-hmm. the, the formula for most of what you're hearing is a little bit of so-called content but the rest is Crime, weather, and traffic. Mm-hmm. Crime, weather, and traffic. So I asked a, a friend of mine in, a, in my kids' baseball game, I said, would you say that crime in Toronto and the GTA is going up or going down? And he said, oh, going up. I said, well, violent crime in Toronto is down 25% from last year. But when you take six random violent acts and put them together and ignore the three million people who didn't get involved in that violent act, then 
what we have is a representation that really talks about that of us that looks outside the cave to see if there's any mastodons that are going to kill us out here. It's yeah. why we slow down to look at cars that are just on the side of the road. We're thinking, yeah. is that dead? Is it going to be me? How does it work? What's going on? Well, there's that. There's a great, I've been reading a book recently about this uh, idea of old brain versus new brain. And our old brain, the fight, flight, or freeze part of our personalities is really it's there to protect us, which is why we have this fear of others. And that's why the other is, is always a threat to us. It's in our DNA. It's the new brain that we, it's the sort of rational. And as you say, like it's the one where conversations are had that aren't rooted in tribalism and protecting our turf. Like the guy who was screaming in the prime minister's face. Yes. Yeah. And his ultimate uh, insult was you Jew. What? I mean, this is normal now. We're starting. It's just wait, wait, wait! I didn't hear that. That was that was the guy telling him he should be arrested, and he's a piece of shit. I mean, he finally screamed out, "You're a Jew!" Yeah, yeah, twice. Well, Which isn't is that just great? Right? So, he was he was accused of being a pedophile too. I understand. Well, yeah, that's that's yeah. the go That's standard now, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're always a pedophile, but now it's also that you're a Jew or you're a Jew lover. So we're back to 1933, right? Yes, because so, true. I mean, there were. I listen. There was a small synagogue in Moose Jaw, but very few Trudeaus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's become normal to see a, a pickup truck go by with a fuck Trudeau flag. Yeah. Like who? And then Pierre Polyev spends all his time in the same tropes as, as Trump with absolutely false information, out of context information, acting as if it's Ralph, we're we're having a little trouble. We go, Ralph, right? we're having a little trouble. Ralphie, we're having a little trouble with your Zoom. Are you on a phone? Because it kind of keeps kind of breaking up a bit. It's not. You know what? Uh, I'll take my video off and see what happens. Uh yeah, maybe for now. Yeah. Um, Ralph, um, we've asked this question before, made this point. Maybe we've asked you. I just forget what happened in Belleville last week with the fuck Trudeau signs and the Trump signs that were there for whatever reason. If Donald Trump had never existed, would that have happened in Belleville last week? Uh, I believe so. You think so? Yeah, because I, I think it's not about whether Trump exists. It's about whether we're at a stage in in our so-called progress of um, the inability to put our arms around the anxiety we're feeling about the world as it is. Like the seven hottest days in 100,000 years in a row in July. We can't take that in. We just have to go, oh, well, anyway, what's for lunch? (laughs) You know, we, we just can't do it. And then this feeling that the world is chaotic and and pressing in on you and that no matter how hard you work, you're always behind. You're on an economic treadmill and you're never allowed to get off. And that, you know, uh, there's, you know, Galen Weston telling you that everything's fine. Just go shopping at my store. Mm -hmm. People feel helpless. And it's an unskilled reaction to that helplessness, that Mm -hmm. raging is how to get out of this. If I, you know, if you're a cornered animal, you go vicious, you go Mm -hmm. angry, Mm -hmm. but really underneath it, you're terrified. And I think that people can't look up 
as the, as the movie says. They can't look up. Like literally, Alberta had an election where the sky was orange and people were choking on it. And nobody, including the NDP, said anything about it. It was just about affordability and and house prices and inflation. Uh, and that's it. So we're not able to cope with what's going on here. Well, let's, um, but Ralph, let's get back to Buddy in Belleville, because you make an interesting analogy there, or a metaphor using the caged animal. Like when, when I watched that video, and we watched it a bunch of times, played it yesterday, he, he's so angry, and, and that word you use is perfect vicious he's so viciously attacking the prime minister for all the ills that have befallen that guy and i was just wondering like what does he feel so helpless about that he's that he would attack um the prime minister like that well being the rather large white guy uh a a hetero i assume he he's feeling like what's going on in the world. I, I don't have my place of, of pride at the top of the food chain anymore. Uh, I don't have any guarantee of work. Uh, the kind of work I do isn't uh, what people are going to be doing. Um, all these people are talking as if it's normal to be so-called queer. They're talking about things that I don't agree with. Uh, we have people here with funny names. Um, it, this is my country. You know, it, you can't underestimate. There was a guy I watched yesterday who was justifying DeSantis's ridiculous and abhorrent statement that, you know, slavery was good for, for black people and that they learned skills. You know, they became blacksmiths. So once they were free, they actually could make a living. And I, I just wanted to say, so let me get this straight We've been doing these people a favor. We, uh, if I came to your house and kidnapped your children and your sister and put them on a boat, and by the time they got to the destination that they were going to, one-third of them would be dead, and then I would sell the rest of them, rape them, brutalize them, and uh, keep them imprisoned, I was doing them a favor by teaching them how to become a blacksmith for my benefit. Like That's how crazy we're getting. You know, and it's 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 just normal because like whenever I look at the crazy that comes out of guys like that guy in Belleville on social media, they've got 47 followers. Uh-huh. But they have the same megaphone as everybody else has. Right. Somebody with 57,000 right. followers has the same megaphone as them. And, you know, you mentioned Poliev. That's a very interesting, as I sit back and watch how this unfolds, leading to an extra election. Brian Lilly at the Toronto Sun, and we all know how he leans. He was making a point yesterday that you can't tie Poliev to this. He doesn't believe that Trudeau is a criminal and should go to jail. He doesn't believe that uh, uh, Justin Trudeau is a pedophile. That might be right. But he never comes out and... and um, sort of discounts it yeah he never he never breaks away from that what i think he perceives as his base now and says that is wrong do not say that i do not buy into this it's not what i stand for he's always very quiet so melissa melissa lansman who is a progressive conservative mp for thornhill richmond hill area 
mm-hmm. uh, comes out and says that this guy's anti-Semitic from Belleville. It's a horrible thing he's done. So I tweeted back. Uh, I'm sorry. I missed. Did I miss the part where you, the leader of your party actually condemned his actions? Right. Yeah. Because it's part of the people, the the people in Alberta who voted for Daniel Smith. Daniel Smith, who when the forest fires were consuming the province, her rationale was it's probably arsonists. Yeah, that's how ridiculous this has become, because people can't accept that we're addicted to this way of life. And you're asking me to change my way of life. I can't do it. I, 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 mm-hmm. I was brought up this way. You know, right now I'm working with some people on some ideas about the only way to solve this is to from the community up that we have to start becoming friends with each other in our neighborhoods, that we have to be connected and not spend all our time getting to work and getting home from work. You know, you guys used to have to do that every day, and now you don't. You can be where you are and do your thing. But community is the only answer that I can think of. You know, the United Kingdom has a minister of loneliness. That's where we're at. We're atomized. We sit in our house. We watch our TVs. We buy crap we don't really need at all. Uh, because that's what's supposed to be the way of uh, of extractive capitalism. Mm-hmm. And we're terrified that if we're not capitalists, then we're just a bunch of commies. Mm-hmm. And it's just nonsense. Like, we have to find a way to say there's a different way to be. But it's as if we have a glass of gasoline beside us and we just keep drinking from it and going, anyway, I could quit this anytime. <laughs> that's right. Now, so you've offered us, uh, and, I, and this has been uh, thematic with you for a while about, you know, some of the solutions have to be sort of at a grassroots level because at the top of our food chain, there doesn't seem to be any incentive. Uh, Dan, our friend, uh, Dan Duran, our fake newsman, um, had a story yesterday about the climate clock basically at a, at a point now where we're about six years away from a point of no return. So if that's, if that's in the, you know, zeitgeist of sort of conventional knowledge amongst uh, people of, with a brain, I, and I asked this question before you came on, I said, I'm going to ask Ralph, what is the incentive for people who deny that? And you've sort of answered it, but I'll, I'm going to give you a, a chance to, to take it. What's, what's in it for most people to deny the fact that we're on a, on a precipice and we might not be able to come back from. So think about how difficult it is to change anything. I'm going to move to a different place to live. Uh, Change for most people is really upsetting. They don't want to do it. And what we're asking for here is, change that is profound we can't live like this anymore how do you tell people who no matter how hot it gets have air conditioning that they have to find a different way to be it's just too hard for people and unless you can show them how you've built a bridge to something else that that, that'll be beneficial you they can't we can't even do this for our children that's what's amazing me is that i look at my four kids and i just think we won't even do it for them. We're so entrenched in the status quo that all we can do is say, hey, no, no, we're okay. Just stay where you are. You know that there's three parking spots, three parking spaces for every single car in North America. There are more places for cars to live than there are for people to live. That That's how nuts we've become. 
And when you tell people that they have to change, they just say, I'm not changing. I, I mean, I'll sort my garbage, but that's as far as I'm going. Yeah. And it's some, you know, lip service. Oh, yeah, I'm really interested in that. But again, then they get on with life. To me, um, you know, a statement on where we're at in the environment. And you're right. People don't want to change. Yeah. And I keep bringing this up and, you know, and people go, oh, government corporations. Well, OK, when's that going to happen? If we don't start at the grassroots level, as you say, I mean, how are we ever going to get out of this? It's litter like at off ramps, like in um, if, uh, you know, you get off on an off ramp anywhere in the GTA and there's Tim Hortons cups and paper and water bottles. If yeah. you don't care at that level that you're just opening your door and tossing that out, if you don't care at that level, how do we expect you to care at the next level and the next level? You know yeah. what I mean? It's oh, such yeah. a statement. statement. Absolutely. Well said. Well, Absolutely. And, and what you say about the nature of change, you know, you and I have talked about it and, and uh, we've talked a lot about it on the show that, you know, that really is the biggest barriers that uh, mm-hmm. most people can't make a change in their lives to stop eating less, let alone stop consuming and to and harming the environment. Ralph, um, uh, as always, turn your um, your your uh, video back on so you can see. Uh, so we can, yeah, there you are. So we can say goodbye to you and look at your face. Uh, the book is called "I Thought He Was a Dead: A Spiritual Memoir." Uh, Ralph is uh, always welcome to uh, to come here. We love hearing what you have to say. How are things, by the way? How's your summer been? Now that we're let's get off the fact that the apocalypse is coming. How is it? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Let me yeah. just segue. Well, that, that, that's the truth, right? Uh, I just finished writing the book with a guy named J.R. John Robinson called King of the Groove. He's the most recorded drummer in history. Right. He, he is the soundtrack of your life. You walk through a supermarket and go, that's J.R. That's J.R. So we just finished that book together, and I'm working on a book right now on these ideas we're talking about, about community-based solutions to, to uh, you know, planetary problems and how we need to come together and start sharing and caring instead of taking and leaving. And uh, the, uh, one of the podcasts is called uh, Not That Kind of Rabbi, and the other podcast is called... Well, the other podcast is now finished. I, okay. I thought I'd talk to enough people in small towns and uh, who were Jewish. Uh, you hope it's hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love moving, that one. Yeah. So we're, we're moving to a new one where we're talking to people like you, my friend. And what is their distance or, or, or closeness to their faith, to, their, to, to being Jewish? Uh, mm. Have they become completely secular? Do uh, they become more religious? Uh, are they just cultural? Are they, you know, all that stuff? So we're, we're working on getting that done so that we can talk to prominent so Jewish Canadians. That that problem that that'll be called how Jew are you? Are you? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Jewish. Jew. Yeah. What's your level of Jewishness? Uh, well, listen, man. Whatever level, we always enjoy our, our conversations with you, and all the best. And I will. We guess we'll have you back. If the world is still here in about a month. Thanks, my friend. Excellent. I always enjoy it. Ralph Ben Murray. Take care, guys. Years, Thanks, ago, years ago, all we did was make fun of each other. Now we're like best friends. <laughs> Just like the Barbie movie. <laughs> Thanks, Ralph. <laughs> Take care. I got to talk to uh, Toronto Mike. We got to get Ralph. Uh, he, he must have a setup. Yes. That he uses for his podcast somehow. Because he's get- used it. Yeah, we got to get him to use that because whatever was going on, it's too bad because I think he was on a kind of a sketchy connection there. Mm. Why don't you tell us a story about uh, one of our fine supporters, Frederick? Oh, 
like Architect. Yeah, yeah. Architect, a full-service turnkey building partner for their clients. That means they help create the design right down to an exacting level of detail. You're involved. Yes, you are. Uh, architect, they make sure it gets built to your exact specifications, okay? No compromises at all. It's your backyard, so it's got to be done the way you want it. This makes it simpler for everybody because Architect sources the materials. They make sure it meets building code requirements. That can be complicated. They prepare the construction plans, of course, because they know what they're doing. They apply for permits, which can be another pain in the butt. And they manage the job site so professionally. Uh, working with Architect ensures that you get what you want and that it's done right and on time. Architect.com. Let's talk about our good friends at evnet.ca. If you've always wondered what the electric vehicle experience is like, now it's time to do it. they got so many rental options, giving potential buyers the opportunity to try before buying. You know, your typical uh, test drive experience is like a uncomfortable 20-minute ride with the uh, salesperson in the car with you. I always found those weird. Yeah. Uh, th- you know what I mean? But this time, you can take the yeah. car away for a day, right. for a weekend, for seven days. You know, see if it fits your lifestyle. See how much range you need. See what kind of car you're looking for. It doesn't have to be a Tesla. As I mentioned, there's a Nissan Leaf, the Outlander, the Kona, the Bolts. And it's all there for you with professionals in the EV community who will not only uh, get you up to speed on the car you choose, but also help you figure out where charging stations are, how you do all that, and you'll see if it works for you. At least take a take a look at what they got. EVNet.ca slash rent or just EVNet.ca. You know, when we first started doing the podcast... I mentioned this recently, I think, to you, that when I would want to get a piece of music, I uh, either had to play it off YouTube. A lot of times when we first started, I would prepare in advance of the show a bunch of music by uh, going to YouTube, and then I would get to this thing. It was called uh, YouTube to MP3 Converter. And then I would have the MP3s stored on the computer. Anyway, all of that changed with Spotify which I just played. I, I mentioned this for a couple of reasons. One, I just played that song off Spotify. But Spotify, for the first time in 12 years, and the time we've been doing this podcast, is raising their prices by $1. And I say this to you, mister. I can't think of anything in my life that gives me more value for less money than this service. Not only for me personally, but obviously for the show. What say you? That's what Bill O'Reilly says all the time. Oh, yeah? Say you. Um, yeah. Um, what is it now? I don't even know. I'm I, a I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't even know the price because 10, I don't 12, care. some shit. It's not much. So I look at it. I take it from this angle. If somebody came to you and said, for $20 a month, and I know it's nowhere near that. For $20 a month, you can have every song, every album ever recorded yeah. on your phone deal you'd go where do i suck <laughs> no i know you know so again if they raise their price and it ha- it's taken that long you know what's that old saying uh, a deal at twice the price yeah yeah that's the way i look at spotify i, I was so, hoping when i brought this up i wrote it down earlier i think i, I don't i should have looked it up I, I have no idea what spotify costs I think it might be eleven ninety nine or something i see on my visa statement maybe premium I don't even here it is 10.99 a month Oh, okay, right. 
Like, that's ridiculous. Like, to go buy a CD is like 20-some-odd dollars where they still sell them. For that's one CD when on Spotify. And I know audiophiles like the sound of, you know, vinyl or CDs on the right player. I get all that. But uh, for the casual music person, I can't distinguish the difference between uh, When you said you CD, know? I literally yeah. thought to myself, why would I buy a CD ever mm-hmm. again? In, in the uh, car I'm driving, in the car most people driving right now, you can, you know, Bluetooth right. your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about, you know, Sirius XM is a pretty good service. You got a couple hundred channels. You got, you know, a few hundred more on your app. But nothing compares to any song I think of. And I do sometimes. I'll do this. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard that song in a while. Oh, there it is on Spotify. But I'll tell you, for the show, for the convenience of the show, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how I began this by saying what I used to have to do to play that song, Mm -hmm. if I chose, if it somehow in my mind went, oh, Fred's talking about this. I wonder Mm -hmm. I should play that. That would take minutes. Mm -hmm. No, I know. You know, the problem that SiriusXM makes, SiriusXM is fantastic, especially when you use the app and there's all sorts of channels beyond what you get on your car radio because the car radios don't have the capacity to carry that many channels, obviously. Um, And what they charge, it's a fantastic deal if you go after the deal. Their blanket or their proposed or their price is a bit much. I think it's up to maybe close to $30 a month or something, at least, for that service. But you never have to pay that, because if you call, they always offer you, offer you a deal. I think the the one I'm on right now is like $60 for six months. Yeah. Now, I don't get everything. I don't get absolutely everything. I don't need absolutely everything. I don't get Major League Baseball or whatever. Right. But I can get that elsewhere, obviously. But... I think they got to get on top of that because a lot of people say, I gave up on Sirius because it got too expensive. I said, did you phone and complain and ask for a better deal? And a lot of people just do not do that. Well, I do. Yeah, but I um, still don't so think the that. Are there. I still don't. Yeah, okay. But, I, you know, you still don't have the, the, you know, there's a guy named Gary Gullman who's one of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. He has a bit. It's a quite an, it's old now. It's probably five or six years old. But he talks about how. Our, our generation or that generation is so entitled and mm-hmm. and so like you know the whole bit premise is uh we, we you know basically we said to the phone manufacturers we want you know we want uh, songs on our phone we want music on our phone and they said you know some of the music and he went no no all of the music mm-hmm. like when you think about when you said cd and I, you know we come from mm-hmm. a generation you would go and buy a cd and it would have you know whatever mm-hmm. songs on it 10 or 12 or 13 but but in in my palm, in my hand, and on this computer now, there there really is very few times. In, well, now of course it's because of some artists don't want to be on Spotify. Mm-hmm. But if I'm thinking of something or we're talking about it within mm-hmm. seconds, and you know I do, and I just right. quickly right. find it. Like that to me, technologically, because yeah. I've been being a disc jockey since 1977. It's pretty amazing that you can you have that. We we now have that as an as a an assumed. For instance, your grandchildren will never know a world where they couldn't walk around with a device that. Can remember when we got iPods or iPad? Where, you know, uh, when there was uh, you know thousands of songs on it. 
Yesterday, uh, during the rain, Johnny Slapshot was up in his bunk, and I said, what are you doing? And I, he said, I'm listening to music. And I said, what music? And he said, it's Dad and John playlist. Him and his dad put together a playlist that they share, and they both add songs, and he was listening to that. And again, that's unlimited. Just, again, back up 40 years ago. Yeah. I would have had to been around a turntable somewhere and just play specific music. But as you say, in his palm is this whole world. What kind of music music. was uh, on his playlist? Oh, everything from, you know, everything. Classic rock to alternative rock to some hip hop and everything. What a kid. eh? Just hanging out, listening to some tunes in his bunk. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So, well, yeah, that's all I want to say about Spotify. When Dan gets back here, I'll tell you about the guy I met who loves his job uh, almost as much as we do. Uh, but let's take mm. care of some business. I know you've done uh, most of the stuff we need to do. Um, what uh, might you have left, my friend? Uh, well, let me tell you about uh, the retirement Sherpa. That would be good. Uh, Tim uh, will be by tomorrow. And what he's going to talk about is regrets that people have, you know, as they reach retirement age or they get older and they look back and think of the things they should have done as an investor or as someone who needs to prepare for retirement. Like your regrets, anyway, like your regrets not getting the flutes or the flights. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but he'll touch on that. And, you know, and uh, some are of the belief it's never too late. But Tim will touch on that. Uh, Tim, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And again, Tim will be by uh, uh, for his regular Wednesday visit tomorrow. Um, this is part of a sponsor uh, mention. But I do have a question for you, too, because, like... Do you guys, I know you're both around my age, whatever, but you do stretch at all, do you? And this isn't just because of stretch lap, and I was thinking about how sore I am. Do you guys, Dan, you work with your hands. Fred, you do something. Do you do, uh, stretch at all, ever? No. No way? God. I should. Well, I don't do enough stretching. I should. Well, and you, I think but, about it in the morning. But. Like, what kind of stretching? Which, like, I stretch, first of all, I stretch every day. Not just when I go to stretch lab. But, like, I do this stretching thing just because, you know, my back and my hamstrings, my shoulder, like, I'm pretty sore. I, I I just thought to myself, I wonder if those guys do anything to keep themselves limber. You know? Well, I'm embarrassed to say this. Last Monday, I get up and I felt... Oh, so stiff and old. And I'm thinking, what's the matter with me? I just turned 67. And then into Tuesday, I felt the same way. I just, my knees were sort of stiff in particular. And I thought, man, I got to start doing something. Why do I feel this way? And then I realized I spent like two and a half hours on Sunday playing bocce. And just playing bocce made me feel like a wreck on Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Well, but, you know, you bend at the knees and you're throwing. But anyway, that's no excuse. But it was like I thought because by Thursday I was fine. Sure. I, I was back to normal. But I thought if that's not an alarm to start getting uh, myself moving. So think about it. You played bocce. Like, so can you look, uh, and again, I know you know I play a lot of golf. Can you imagine oh. the amount of, of torque I'm putting on this old yes. carcass of mine, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons I initially 
contacted these guys at Stretch Lab, it was because I know because I mean, listen, I did yoga yesterday. I did stretching today and I'm still stiff and sore in my hips and my hamstrings. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have the kind of back that you had. And I'm, I'm basically I'm just doing it for, uh, you know, survival purposes. If you're looking to increase your range of motion and flexibility, it's what we're talking about. Not just improve your sports performance, but you can reduce muscle and joint pain, also improve your posture, also reduce stretch with the benefits of an assisted stretching routine. At least give this a shot because I can tell you, I've been going to these guys even before they became a sponsor. It's how I met Dave at Stretch Lab Toronto. I said, you know, listen, man, there's Lots of golfers that listen to our show. Lots of guys that listen to my golf show. Check out the uh, the introductory uh, stretching offer, which is $59 for a 50-minute stretch. Includes an assessment. Because as you just pointed out, listen, we're at the age where... You know, any kind of activity is going to lead to muscle strain and stiffness. Dan Duran, I'm going to tell you, at some point I'm going to hook you up with one of these stretches. You will love it. Because even though you pretend you're okay, we both, Fred and I know you're not. Your body must be so tense at all times. Stretchlab.com. Is it raining where you are uh, in uh, at the lake yet? No, it's just uh, sort of overcast and blah. In fact, it looks it looks a bit smokish. I don't smell anything, but it's funny here. Is I'm looking in. Uh, yeah, it's raining here in Toronto, but it's not supposed to. Uh, it's supposed to be like a no. thunderstorm later, but uh, no. I the the Burley Falls forecast looks quite encouraging as well. In fact, I was going to take Johnny Slapshot out golfing this morning, but. Well, it's not supposed to last, but they're supposed to be, again, high risk of thunderstorms later because it's, you know, going to be, feels like 40 or some shit. Mm -hmm. There Uh, is smoke in the the smoke forecast, and that'll be uh, clearing a little bit later today in parts of Ontario. But if you look at firesmoke.ca, you can see exactly where... It's blasting through. There's like a thousand forest fires or something on uh, on in Canada right now. So there's there's some smoke. You can see smoke uh, last night here in Stratford. The sun was blocked. Is it raining there now? It looks like it's overcast. Alarming. Oh, yeah. Alarming. Um, Alarming. I was telling uh, you guys before Dan left that I was going to, I met a guy yesterday who, uh, he's got to be close to, maybe he's in his early 70s. I don't know. He seemed older than us. And, um, I'll mention the company name because I'm paying them because uh, when, when we were living here in the wintertime, Dan, we had a, a bit of a rodent issue. There's a lot of construction in the area. There's about three or four different condo sites and all the mice sort of left that were sort of taken out of their homes, whatever, and they're, and they're populating our, a bunch of streets around here. So I had another service guy come in yesterday. And I'm going to tell you, boys, <laughs> this, like we've been lucky our whole lives to get to do this nonsense for a living, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, we love it and we're having fun. But this dude that's in the rodent business, man, like he, I have never met somebody who so enjoyed fucking getting rid of mice. Like it was, he was such a great guy. Able Pest Control is the company. And again, they're not a sponsor and, you know, who knows if they could be, but I'll tell you, man. I had such a great experience with him, and he explained everything to me. But the way he talked about getting rid of mice, it was almost, almost romantic. He was, ex- 
I'm telling you. He had a passion. He had such passion. Here's the, here's the part that really got me. He's starting to talk about these traps. They put this food in. I said, well, how does that work? You know, he says, well, what, what they do is the, one of the mice gets it and he, he takes the food in his, in his mouth like a squirrel. And he started acting this out. Mm-hmm. And he said, what I do is I'm going to find that. He said, that mouse, that's my favorite mouse. Because that mouse is going to lead me to all the other, where the nests are. He said, this is what he said to me. I could kiss that mouse because he's doing his, my job for me. I was like, dude, you fucking love getting rid of mice. How does he follow the mouse with the food in its mouth? Because what he what he what he finds because because he can tell from the traps he's set oh, okay. where uh, if in fact that mouse has taken it to the nest because he'll be able to track whether they've come back and whether the there's more mice poop the way he said it, he goes I, that mouse I could kiss that mouse because he's going to show me where all the other mice I'm like holy right. fuck dude because loves poop mice like geese right like m- mice poop like geese like they're constantly pooping so you could probably follow a trail well that's part of it I, I cleaned yeah. out there's a bit of prep mm-hmm. you have to do before they came over and I clean out all my cupboards and I vacuumed up where the mice poop was but uh you know we've got a lot of entry you know we've done some work here in the in the office we've got holes lead down to the basement but i gotta tell you when he left man i felt thoroughly confident that that guy cared about my mice problem like mm-hmm. and it's and i say it because you know part of it i thought it'd be a good little story to share with you guys but it's rare to run into people in the service industry that are so into what they're doing he yes. said, okay, I'm going to put your, he said to me, in two weeks, I've got you in my schedule, but if you don't hear from me, you call me. I was like, oh, okay. Like, All right. He said, no, we got it because I'm going to come back and we're going to get this. Like, I was like, dude, this guy's on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, it was very nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, did he own the company or was he just a guy that worked for the <laughs> no, company? He's just a guy working for the company. And, uh, you know, and I'm going to do one of those. I, I'm going to call them or send them a review because it's able. Everyone's heard of able pest control. So it's not like a new. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought, you know, they should know that this guy is, you know, he made a customer feel uh, customer satisfaction. You know, now, were you seeing mice? Well, Frederick, uh, yes, I started seeing mice. Well, when Dan was still here, we could see them the odd time. I could, then mm-hmm. when I got back, I could hear them in and around the stove. Then the other day I was down here uh, taping uh, the golf show and I saw a couple running across the floor. Um, oh. oh, yeah, man. Yeah, you don't want that when Juliet's there. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I need the place. I need, I need the place to be uh, ready. Juliet ready. No, of course you do. Anyway, yeah. uh, Dan Duran, are you uh, ready for our uh, news today? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Ready. Ready. All right. Well, then, you, of course, you need your theme song. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Hey. <gasps> Ganderan, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Ganderan, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from another home reno Porch in Stratford with news and views, here's movie and television anchor, Daniel Duran. I know this is going to sound a little bit like clickbait, but here we go. Eight habits could add up to 24 years to your life. Mm. 
There's a new study that was uh, just announced at Nutrition 2023, the annual meeting of the American Society for Nutrition, uh, yesterday. And uh, they've come up with uh, eight things that you can do to add years to your life. Now, if you're in your 40s, you can add 24 years. If you're in your 50s, it's like 21 years. If it's you start at 60, you can add about 18 years to your life. It's uh, just common sense kind of things that we kind of probably already know but they they've uh, added numbers to it so if you're interested i'll yes. listen for I'm you say, i have a okay. question so is that 18 so we're in our 60s are you saying we can add 18 years to our life expectancy of like 83 meaning i could get to uh like uh, what 83 93 101 i guess so somewhere in there all right wow yeah I don't know if so I want to, know, I don't know if I want to hang things. around that. I don't know if I want to hang around for that yeah. long. <laughs> so you, 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 one of these you've already done and you, you're out because you did it. So okay, what's that? It doesn't count. That's smoking. But like quitting smoking. Yeah, but that's number three. I mean, I'm going to start okay, with number go eight. Ahead, start, start, start. Go start ahead. with number eight. Because okay, so being surrounded by positive social relationships that increases your longevity by five percent. Right? Oh, we're there. fucked. That's us. That's us. That's yeah. Us. <laughs> sure it is. I keep telling right. yourself that. Next. Okay, number seven: getting a good night's sleep. Eighteen percent reduces your early death by eighteen percent. Right there, okay, getting got, good night's sleep. Got no chance. Keep going. Well, I'm pretty Avo- good there. Well, of course Avoiding- you are. Because, of course you are because you're so positive that you mm-hmm. you never have anything yeah. to worry about. Mm-hmm. Avoid binge drinking. Mm, okay, which is having more than four alcoholic beverages a day. Well, that, oh, oh, over to you two. Yeah. Did, no, well, I, have you had a day? There's have you no had, way. You have, okay, in this entire summer of 2023, have either of you had four alcoholic beverages in a day? Yeah. Yep. No, mm-hmm. is that what that yeah. means, or does it mean every day? Four? No, not I'm every sorry, day, but not. if you have. Binge. If you binge it's drink binge. occasionally. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm guilty. Okay, I'm dead. Dude, I sat You're with you. I, dead I sat right with you in Mexico. You were having four or five every afternoon. You yeah, and everybody does. Yes. Mm-hmm. All yes. right, keep going. Eating a plant-based diet would increase your chances of living a longer life by twenty-one yeah. percent. Now, this is now. By the way, that doesn't mean that you should be, uh, you know, vegan or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, focus on the plant-based, you know, the grains and the okay. green leafy things and mm-hmm. the things that you know. Sometimes I avoid. Why is that? Why do you avoid pain. that? Because I, uh, I always think I don't like it, and then I have it, and then I realize that oh, I actually do like a salad, but I always think I don't. Okay. I'm Midland on that one. We we have because of my wife. I'm pretty good there. Yeah, you are too, I Howard. You yeah yeah. I I would yeah, eat yeah. a lot of greens in a day. I have a lot of spinach in my diet. And grains and yeah. things, I suppose. Yeah. Are good. yeah, no, I mean the the whatever the bean. So bean so far, uh, I'm not. I'm weak on the sleeping. Right. Medium on the positivity. Great with the binge drinking. I'm okay right. with the uh, plant base. Keep going. Number four is managing stress. Oops. Reducing by 22%, a study found. I well, do some stretching, that's for sure. Yeah. What is managing stress? Getting stressed and letting it go, as opposed to having stress and holding it in? Like, how, do you, <laughs> how do you monitor I'm, that? I'm the assistant manager of managing stress. I'm not, uh, I'm not completely in charge of that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, techniques and, you know, everything is a, a version of managing stress. Maybe, you know, all those things you just said before that, you know, in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, managing your drinking and such. Okay, so managing stress. Number three. Okay. Never using tobacco. Uh, so if you've already used tobacco, then, then you're kind of out on that one. But uh, that reduces your risk of death by 29%. Yeah. I'm fascinated, by the way. 
don't know if you guys are. When I actually see somebody smoking an actual cigarette now, like I was talking about the other guy, I played with golf with that guy smoking a vape. That was kind of interesting because it smelled good. But I, uh, the odd time when I'll see somebody our age smoking a cigarette, I'm like, wow, man, way to fucking hang in there. Like, seriously. Like, if you're in your 60s, and we know a guy that just had a stroke because he smoked a lot of cigarettes, you're really, you've really made the, you're in, you're all in. If you're, if you're at this point in your life, you're smoking a cigarette, you're just all in. Uh, My beloved buddy, Doug, he's still, you know, he's cut back. You know, he's uh, what I would say a casual smoker, but I often think of that about him, like, the amount that you smoke, smoke, why bother? But well, I don't know him very well, but I tell you, I bet you he smokes more than he's letting on. I don't know. I can't answer that question. Although I know he's been, if you want to call it a casual smoker, since we were like fifteen or whatever. So concerns me. Yeah, well, I'm sure. a little more. I'm a little more judgy than you guys. I, I I think when I see somebody smoking, what's wrong with that person? I actually think that. Well, I know, but you don't. There's like so many other habits. Yeah, that, but you've that never smoked. Have that yeah, and yeah, you don't like true. fat people. So I mean, you've got so many mm-hmm. things you're judgy about. <laughs> Fucking Dan. When Dan sees a fat person smoking, he wants them shot on the spot. (laughs) That's not true. Okay, so number two, not becoming addicted to opioids. Opioids, hard to say for me, apparently. That reduces your early death by 38%, which I guess it goes without saying, but there's so many people that are into it these days. Are into that addiction, I guess. Yeah. They put it on the list, right? I guess. And the number one. Let's see if we can guess. The number one predictor of a longer life. Forty six percent. I would. Is it, it's not smoking. It's not opioids. It's not drinking. OK, I'm going to take a guess. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's loneliness. Nope. but that's now that's down by positive social relationship okay. at number eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's forty nine percent. Yeah. It, it's obvious. You guys have you've already touched on it before we even started the news. Stretching, oh, exercise, exercise, exercise. Yes. Oh, there we go. Well, One I'm pretty of the most good there. important behaviors anyone can do to improve their health. Oh, I'm pretty exercise. good there. Yeah. Um, yes, you are. You are. Between the amount of golf I play and you know the working out in the yoga class I do every week. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not, I'm not as good as I'd like to be, but uh, better than, because that, that is people that are in, what's the word I'm looking for? Not inert, but they just don't do anything, especially as I you would, get older. I would never want to be called inert. There's something. <laughs> is that what that means? Fuck, like to be like a fucker's inert. He's inert. He's not fuck. <laughs> he just sits around in his own goo. Um, Howard, yeah, you're way above average. What, in you're, terms like, of exercise? Yeah, with the you know, the amount that you golf, because golf's great exercise. It's walking and it's movement and it's and then the yoga that you do and then I don't know if stretching per se. And I also I, again, I work out every week with a well trainer and shit. But um, yeah, you're way and, above. Yeah. So is Darren. Like I'm, I would be. I'm not inert. I mean, my exercise is just by being alive stuff. But it's not. <laughs> No, really, but it, it's not enough. What I what an, an easy one for you and uh, you and I, Fred. And I thought about doing this earlier, but I haven't spent a whole lot of time at the lake this year. But uh, is going for a swim that that's a oh. good little exercise, just off the end of your dock. Swim, hey. you know, make a little pattern and swim every day. The swimming pool in my backyard is of good size. It's sixteen by thirty-two. Every spring, I think you know what I'm going to start doing. Every morning, I'm going to come out and maybe swim like twenty-five, thirty laps. That's what I'm going to do. 
You know how many I've swam this? Well, I've swam some laps, but only playing with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't do it. Well, Never the, get around to it. Here's a little wake-up call for you fellows, because if it's 49% of it is a predictor of exercise as a predictor of aging, I got to tell you, the guys that I hung around with in San Miguel, including the oldest dude, great guy, 88 years old, and I played golf with him. We'd right. see him a couple times a week. And then one Saturday, I was there by myself, going to play uh, with some Mexican dudes that I'd met. Mm-hmm. And I saw him. And I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I just come. I work out every Saturday." I'm like, "Good for you, man!" Like, because yeah. they make it a priority. Uh, I guess because they've seen a lot of their friends who become inert. Fucking, <laughs> 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 you know. Um, uh, what was I going to say? The uh, oh, you know, it's always I don't <laughs> I, I seem to be a great candidate for a big boiler like i like my beer i eat i don't get a lot of exercise but for some reason i don't what causes the boiler and once you do get the big excess beer that's what it is man you don't hard drink excess God, beer. like is it how does that not how does that not ring alarms that i should be doing well here's the thing you don't eat you don't eat because of the way you know first of all you have a partner that you eat with every day you don't eat very much takeout food you have you prepare most of the most of the meals you eat in a day Mm -hmm. are prepared by you or doll you don't Mm -hmm. drink to excess even though you're inert which is by the way lacking the ability or strength to move (laughs) um oh yeah how cutting is that (laughs) <laughs> you, you inert bastard you, you inert piece of shit but that's a huge one for you so you don't do all those things you don't having pizza and takeout food that's my my yeah, biggest yeah. issue for my health would be that my like even when spencer was here before i went down to new york i was definitely preparing more food when dan was here i prepare more food when i'm on my own the impetus to actually go and make a meal isn't there it's just like ah fucking all this Mm -hmm. am i gonna i'm gonna make a sweet potato for myself so that's where i think you don't you don't gain a lot of excess weight and even though i don't exercise like my mother oh i'm echoing there no oh okay i'm sorry sounded like no my mother-in-law was over last week and i wasn't there and she said to delise oh where's i like it when freddie's around he's always doing something (laughs) anyway i think (laughs) he's always doing he's always doing something so he doesn't have to be like hanging out with you (laughs) so no but i think that's part of it with me too i like i can't sit still like i can't sit around all day i gotta be up doing something yeah yeah on some level i think that burns some calories at least you're just being alive because you're definitely not you're not inert uh all right well listen we'll talk about uh, quarterbacks tomorrow Uh, i want to hear your uh thoughts on that series that you finally finished Uh, dan duran thank you for your good work Uh, thanks to ralph Mm. ben murgy uh go look up ralph he's doing a lot of cool stuff what else sir here we got Bodog. I want oh, to mention Bodog before we go. Hold on a second, brother. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Uh... Hey, everybody. Uh, next game for Canada at the World's Women's uh, World Cup of Soccer is tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., Canada against Ireland. Canada, according to Bodog, the favorite at uh, minus 160. All right, so that's positive news for the Canuckians. 
Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And yes, any pretty much anything you want to wager on is at Bodog. Go to Bodog, and yeah, the Women's World Cup of Soccer is there. Bodog. Yeah, it's really coming down uh, with some uh, gusto here in Toronto. Uh, all right, that's fine. We can deal with the rain. You know, it's funny, as hot as it's been this summer. Uh, Dan, do you have any statistics on the amount of, of, of rain there's been? Because it's got to be record. We've got to be fucking setting records here. Getting there, yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't done the uh, check, but I will uh, for tomorrow. Bizarre, eh? In a rainy summer, fires are an issue, but I guess it's just not falling in the right places. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right. Again, uh, thanks to Ralph. Uh, tomorrow on this program, if you're uh, interested, uh, Jeff Kraus from Celebrity Party. He's a celebrity party planner, and we're going to learn about all these celebrities and the parties he's planned. All oh, right. Really? Yeah, man. Wow. Yes. And uh, Toronto Mike will uh, rejoin this program tomorrow because it's been a few weeks since we've checked in with Mike, and he'll tell you what's happening. Uh, I can tell you in advance there will be no Humble and Fred program uh, next week as I will be devoting myself to uh, squiring the uh, lovely Senora Espinosa around uh, Toronto. A week today she'll be sitting on the dock that I'm looking at right now. And I gave you the plan. I said, you know, about 1 o'clock, a charcuterie yes. board. Uh, by 2 o'clock, a boat ride. Uh, by 3 o'clock, maybe, um, you know, a nice refreshing drink and then you guys will retire to the uh, hotel room and then um, you know freshen up and then we'll meet for dinner at the hotel i'll send you the agenda yeah please you know what because uh that's a, <laughs> yeah no wonder you're getting enough sleep <laughs> i should just record you talking about shit it would help me um okay then at four o'clock you'll take her home and uh, have a nice shower possibly Grown up now. AMSR Fred. <laughs> That's right. All right, everyone. Uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow. Uh. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all the emails, and we've got that Thursday email show coming up with Palma Pasta prizing away Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing, that helps us out. So does writing a review, giving us hearts and stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Durant. And remember, don't be inert. Inerts don't have fun and are inert. Be non-inert so you can enjoy every goddamn day. jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that? I got two turntables and a microphone.